Man, those things have been so great this entire series. I hope you've enjoyed them. And don't forget, before you leave today, to grab one of your free, the first time ever, uh, Christmas CDs from Daystar Church. Free gift to you. So glad you guys are here today. And I want to take a minute to welcome all of our campuses, all of you at our downtown campus, our New Garden campus, our Northern Guilford campus. Thanks for being a part of our Christmas services, and so glad that you are with us today. You know, when I think about this song and I think about Christmas, one of my favorite Christmas memories is from 1989. I grew up down in Wilmington, right on the coast, and of course, it never snows in Wilmington. But listen, in 1989, it snowed 12 inches on Christmas. I mean, it was crazy. It was my first white Christmas. I remember just being amazed at the how deep the snow was. It like shut the whole city down for a week. And, and uh, I mean, snow piled on stuff makes everything beautiful, right? I got to see the beach covered in snow and I got to see my yard and the trees and the bushes covered in snow, the playground covered in snow. The fence looks beautiful covered in snow. The trash can looks beautiful covered in snow, right? Everything in snow is pretty. I mean, when it snows like that, you can go outside and it just seems like everywhere you look, it's like a postcard. I mean, it's just beautiful. And you know, a couple of years ago here in Greensboro, we had a big snow. And, and I, I can just remember thinking at the time, we had a, a dog, her name was Casey. She was a lab and she passed away just a couple of months ago. And, and, uh, but we had this dog for years and years. She was about 15 when she passed away. And and uh, she, when she got old, she got kind of lazy, and she would uh, go out the back porch of our house, step off the porch, and do her business, and then turn around and come right back in the house. And, well, the only problem with that is that means right off my porch, there was a poop minefield, you know, all the time. And, and I remember one year when it had snowed, and I'm looking outside, and everything's beautiful, the deck's covered with snow, the Grills covered with snow. The tables and chairs are covered with snow. Everything back there is just beautiful. And my kids have gotten all dressed up and ready to play in the snow. And they go running out the back door and jump off the porch. And I'm thinking to myself, it looks beautiful. But underneath the surface, there's a lot of poop. <laughs> right? Snow makes everything beautiful. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get the kids to make sure they play in the front yard. No, no snow angels out here. Let's, let's move it to the, to the front yard. Well, you know, today we have a lot of guests, and uh, we're so glad that you have come to be a part of our service. A lot of you have come to town to visit with family, or, or maybe you're just a, a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker of one of our regular attenders, and they invited you to come. We're so glad that you're a part of this service. You know, I was thinking every year at Christmas, we always have a big crowd. You know, a lot of people show up for the for the holiday services, and I was, just, I was just wondering and thinking, I wonder why that's true. I mean, I wonder why people are, are so much more open that time of year. And, and uh, here's kind of what I came up with, because, you know, apparently if people go to church on their holiday, then something about that experience they must enjoy. I mean, they must feel like it's encouraging, it's uplifting, it's inspiring, maybe they feel like it's something they need or something they value. And so then I got to thinking, well, if that's true, and that's, I think that's why people show up on the holidays, it's something that's 
and good and uplifting, something they value. And I thought, if that's true, then why don't they come each week? And as I begin to think about that, I thought, you know, it could be, could be, could be that people show up at church and they look around at all the people and everybody's smiling and everybody's dressed nice and everybody seems so happy and their kids seem to be behaving. And, and we look around at these people and we think, man, these people are perfect, you know? They've got it all together. They seem so happy. They don't have issues. They probably don't have a past. They don't have problems like I have. They're not struggling like I am. And I, I, I'm just not sure that they can relate to me. In, in fact, in fact I'm, I'm quite convinced that if they knew the real me, if they knew about my past, they, they probably wouldn't want me to come to this place. They probably wouldn't want to be in a relationship with me. They... They probably would reject me. And, and I think it's that fear that often keeps people away from church. Well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. And that is that grace is a lot like snow. It makes everything beautiful. I mean, grace can cover some pretty stinky stuff. And see, the only difference between the people that are here and the people that are not here is really an encounter with God's grace that's really washed them white as snow. In fact, I want you to listen to this verse in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. The Bible says this, Come now, let us settle the matter. Now this is God speaking. Come now, let's settle this. Let's... Let's settle this issue of your past, all of your mistakes. Let's settle it. He said, though your sins, though your past is like scarlet, they will be white as snow. And the question is, for me and for you, is what are we going to do with our past? Well, there's only a couple options. Some people have decided they're going to bury their past. They hope if enough time just goes by that all those wounds will heal. In fact, you've all heard the saying, right? Time heals all wounds. But is that true? In my experience, it's not been. In fact, in my experience, often time makes the wound worse if there's not healing involved. I've got a better saying is that God heals all wounds. One of my favorite verses is in Psalm 147.3. It says this, He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. I'd encourage you, don't try to bury your past. Come to Christ and let God heal your past. All of those wounds. For some people, they spend the holidays and most of their life beating themselves up over their past. They live their whole life with, with guilt and shame and somehow they, they believe if they can punish themselves enough that somehow that will compensate for the mistakes of their past. But again, be honest. Does that work? I mean, I've, I've never met anybody who runs up and says, guess what, guess what, you're not going to believe what happened. And you say, well, what happened? And they say, 
man, I finally beat myself up enough and I feel so much better. It's wonderful. I mean, it just feels like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. I mean, I, do, does anybody ever do that, right? I mean, beating ourselves up doesn't heal us or help us to move beyond our past. In fact, it just reminds us of our past over and over and over and over again. So that's not a good solution. The third option is some people, they blame others for their past. I mean, no matter what happens, it's always someone else's fault. They have a, a victim mentality. A, a person with a victim mentality means that they believe they are powerless they were powerless to control their behavior because their circumstances are forcing them to behave a certain way, to make certain choices, to take certain action. They're a victim to their circumstances. And sometimes that's where people land. They, they blame everyone else. In 1970, it was Flip Wilson who coined the phrase, the devil made me do it. And, and uh, man, people love to use the devil made me do it card, right? To blame someone else rather than just taking responsibility and saying, you know, the truth is that happened because I made a choice to do that. That happened because I wanted something and, you know, I just, I just did the wrong thing. Man, these really aren't solutions, right? If we, if we just try to bury it, if we... If we just try to beat ourselves up, if we just try to blame someone else, it, it really doesn't bring healing. It doesn't really allow us to step into our future. It keeps us chained to our past. But God is offering another solution. Again, in Isaiah 1.18, He says, Listen, let's settle this matter together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they'll be white as snow. So what is the solution? Well, I think there are two simple steps that we need to take. Number one, we've got to receive God's forgiveness. The first step is to receive God's forgiveness. You say, well, how in the world do I do that? Great question. That's what Christmas is all about. See, God sent His Son, Jesus, into the world so that He could offer the entire world forgiveness. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came, He lived a perfect life, and then He went to the cross and died in our place to offer us forgiveness. Isn't that good? See, the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Jesus died to pay the penalty, really, that I owed and you owed. He died to pay our penalty so that we could receive God's Forgiveness. And so the first step is you've got to receive the forgiveness of God. In Ephesians 1, verse 7. The Bible says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. God wants to forgive you. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the Bible says, If anyone is in Christ, He's a brand new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Wouldn't it be great to make a new, fresh start? I can remember at times being in places where it would snow two or three days in a row. and You go out and play and mess the snow up and go to bed at night and wake up in the morning and there's a brand new, fresh snow. 
Wouldn't it be great to have that in your life? Where you could make a fresh start. Where all the mistakes and the sin, the, the ugly things in our past is covered in the grace of God. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That's exactly what God offers us. Offers us forgiveness. John 3.16 God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son. That's what Christmas is about. So that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Would have God's forgiveness. And could live forever. Here's the second thing is, is that we've got to not only receive God's forgiveness, but then we need to allow God to redeem our past. Allow God to redeem our past. You know, one of my favorite verses in Romans 8, 28, says God works all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. God has this amazing ability to take our past, even the ugly things, the mistakes in our past, and to redeem them for His glory. If you stick around Daystar long, one of the things you'll hear about a lot is my marriage story. 17 years ago, my wife and I were married, and in our first year of marriage, we almost lost our marriage, and the first two or three years of marriage were really, really hard for us. But God used that to, to do two big things, to really grow us and strengthen our faith and to deepen our faith and to to build maturity and character in us as people. And then the other big thing God did is He's used that to help other couples and to really inspire other people to fight for their marriage. And so God took this ugly thing in my past where I I had to drop out of seminary, I had to drop out of ministry, it looked like I was going to lose my marriage in the first year of marriage. I mean, that's pretty bad, right? The very first year. This ugly thing that would be easy to be ashamed of and bear. But because I've allowed God to redeem it, He used that situation to grow my wife and I. And He's using that situation to help us minister to other people today. And so now, I'm not ashamed of it at all. And I don't have to keep it secret and keep it in the dark. I've turned the lights on and I've disarmed the enemy and he can't use it to beat me up anymore. Wouldn't it be great if God did that with your past? He wants to, because He works all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. In Genesis chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, the Bible says this, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what, he is, na- what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I'll provide you and your children. And He reassured them and spoke to them kindly. You know what that's from? It's from the story of Joseph. And you remember what Joseph's brothers did? They sold him into slavery. He spent years and years of his life as a slave. But then God rose him up, raised him up to be second in command in Egypt. And he saved the nation from famine and saved his family from a terrible famine. And he said, listen, what you intended to harm me, God intended for everybody's benefit. Isn't that good? See, God has this amazing ability, again, to redeem our past. Listen, it doesn't matter what's in your past. God will forgive you. It doesn't matter what's in your past. God can redeem you. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was, I mean, he was like a terrorist of his day. He was 
I mean, he was a terrorist. He went around and arrested Christians, threw them in prison, murdered them. I mean, he was a terrible person. Rather than God wiping him out and throwing him out, throwing him, you know, into hell. Instead, God rescued him and forgave him and redeemed him. And he became the greatest missionary, the greatest theologian, the greatest church planter the world had ever known. That's what God wants to do in our life. We might not all become theologians and church planters, but God does want to forgive our past. And God wants to redeem our past. Grace, just like snow, man has the power to make everything beautiful and to cover up a mess. The question today is, will you open your heart and receive the grace and forgiveness of God? And will you? This week we'll all gather with our family and friends and the people that we love and exchange Christmas gifts and the great thing about gifts is you don't earn them. You, you, know, you, never, you don't really deserve them. You don't have to pay for them. They're a gift. And the Bible says that eternal life is the free gift of God in Romans 6.23. God is offering you that as a gift. And what you've got to do is simply to receive it and then spend the rest of your life enjoying it. A relationship with God. And if you've never done that, I want to give you a chance this morning. I'm going to lead you through a simple prayer. Prayer is not magic. It's not a formula. It's just a way for you to confess your sin to God and to ask Him for forgiveness and grace and to receive the free gift of eternal life. And if you're ready to do that today, this is your moment. Listen, it's not a trick. We're not going to call you up here to the front. I want to give you a chance right there in your seat to open your heart and receive Christ as your Savior. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me? And if you're ready to receive Christ as your Savior right there in your seat, just pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I realize today I'm a sinner. I've made a lot of mistakes. But you love me and sent your Son for me. Jesus, you died on the cross to pay for my sin. And so today I'm inviting you into my life. I'm asking you to be my Savior. To forgive me. To teach me to live for you. In Jesus' name.